a single tree podcast hey everyone this is episode 41 we're here and going to continue talking about some of the things that are going on around us in our society and culture and some helpful responses maybe and uh so yeah we'll we'll kind of talk today a little bit about how we can uh respond as individuals by finding a an inner experience that can help us experience transformation and by doing that as individuals be able to help others around us and help achieve change in our society and culture that's the goal and uh so yeah it's helpful just to talk about what is happening in our culture right now um yeah there are crises that are that kind of pop up here and there we're in the middle of a few different ones right now uh there's a virus uh pandemic that's present um there's kind of a socio-political uh crisis happening a black lives matter movement and um you know kind of seeing a lot of division in our culture around those issues um and uh the thing that i have noticed a lot lately and kind of tried to pay attention to is uh people's responses um to those crises you know everyone's has sort of an opinion about what should be done and uh, about the phenomena themselves and something that seems like it's really prevalent in our culture here in the United States is that we tend to um, kind of push these things out away from us and they become uh, maybe everybody else's issues in a few different ways but one of the ways is that you know kind of all the shaming and blaming that goes on and you know kind of wanting to make it everybody else's problem you know, or somebody else's problem anyway. Um, you know, if, if we could just change those people, those other people who are different from us or who believe differently from us, then everything would be okay. Or if we could just change policy or, you know, if the government would change, then everything would be okay. We wouldn't experience these <clears throat> crises. Um, and so, um, you know, which is sort of a fundamental problem with how we look at anything that's going on in our culture and society is that we make you know, we want to we want to focus on how other people should change rather than how we should change. So we we ourselves should change, and and so um, I think the way we'll frame up this discussion is to say, you know. And it's kind of similar to how we've talked about it already in the past couple of episodes. Um, and that's to say that it's important for us to look within ourselves rather than without and at everybody else for change to happen. And if we can um, experience inner transformation ourselves, then we'll be part of the solution and probably more effective and powerful and being able to affect change you know, in the, around us, in our nation, in our culture, 
and we'll talk about a few different ways to do that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the most important values maybe we can consciously try to cultivate is this this perspective of looking at our at ourselves first you know and um ending understanding our responses to external stimuli you know what i mean and explore that because you know we've been cultivating this like outward approach as you say like our go-to is to look outward and then to see what needs to be done or changed right and that's that's something that we've been doing since we were you know <laughs> 18 months old, you know, uh-huh. and, uh, so it's, it's something that happens in us all because, well, that's, you know, kind of, that's basically fundamentally how the nervous system operates, right? Mm-hmm. But if we're going to give ourselves an opportunity to have an experience that's just bigger than what our nervous system presents to us. And we almost kind of have to do the opposite of what we've been doing since we've been 18 months old, which is to start with this inward approach and, and, and stay there until something else can kind of be revealed to us, you know? And when I was listening to you talk, Part of the difficulty with the like we'll just or I'll just call it the outward approach is that if in an instant we're looking on the outside and seeing what needs to be changed and what needs to be done to make things right or or whatever, then you know essentially on on a very real level we're making we're making ourselves dependent on what happens or does not happen in the external. Mm-hmm. And it's that dependence that it's that dependence on the external being one way or the other, that is kind of starts to be the bedrock of the, of the difficulty, right? Because then that's where it starts with the dependence and then emotion develops around it. Right. And that's kind of what can bind us and tie us into that so deeply and keep us entrenched in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people sort of feeling a sense of hopelessness because of everything that's going on around them, you know, and kind of the hopelessness for change to happen in our society or in our government or, you know, the political system. Um, and because there's that external locus of control, like I feel a certain way because of the things that are going on around me or in my environment, then, um, yeah, I mean, you're going to experience some hopelessness, you know, 
because if my environment doesn't change or if my society doesn't change then I will go on being unhappy or or you know just sort of frustrated yeah frustrated mm -hmm. angry and so um, yeah we're hoping to give people a little bit of hope in that you know if they can be responsible for their own inner experience then um, no matter what's going on around them they will be able to have some sense of hope and you know sort of this whatever it is sort of peace or love or um, you know a hopefulness um, in a sense of maybe empowerment too within themselves um, you know and I and part of that is to be able to affect change, but even if things around you don't change or other people don't change, um, changing within yourself, you know, alters your sense of reality and and understanding of um, or just or just your experience in the world. So I think that's a good way to say it. Um, I, I think. You know, I've thought about how to frame this a lot, and I think the best way that I could sort of approach this discussion about inner transformation, you know, and focusing on that would be to say um, that if we can practice vulnerability in all situations, then we will be doing kind of the opposite of kind of that outer focus that you were talking about where we need to change everything around us um, and I think you know the higher the vulnerability that we experience in a given situation uh, the more potential that we have for change and this happens in a lot of different ways but what we're seeing in our culture a lot is that is that there's that we're not practicing vulnerability um, we are defending ourselves at all times. We are making it someone else's problem and blaming them. Um, you know, there is sort of this like attacking sort of um, language and rhetoric. And there's a lot of things, you know, happening like relationships are being destroyed because of people's differences in, in their ideals and their inability to like have discussions um, and to be able to um, see others viewpoints or even just hold any space for someone who believes differently um, and so uh, the practice of vulnerability really is being able to um, experience threat um, and also to be able to sort of stay in that experience um, without fear, right? So, um, you know, and there are different ways to be vulnerable, but in these, in these times when there's so much like conflict and um, people are so divided, you know, we're needing to be able to stay engaged um, and to not be afraid of 
vulnerability or of threat, um, which is the same thing that happens like in kind of our a nonviolent response, right? Is that we experience threat and yet we're able to kind of pass through it without uh, retaliating or acting violently ourselves. And so, um, and it's like the last thing that we want to do, you know, and our nervous system uh, wants us to do is to experience that sort of um, really uh, difficult sense of vulnerability in the face of threat, right? Um, and so I would say, you know, not that it's like a panacea, like the answer to all ills, but like, I think if, if people can learn to practice that, then um, we can start moving towards some sort of change. Does that make sense? Is that too simple? <laughs> I don't think it's too simple. You know, it's, it's simple in theory and hard in the application, right? Because we have, we're all in our own ways tied to a certain set of beliefs or ideas about something, you know, and, um, I think what you're talking about you know, with the vulnerability is is important. You know, I wonder if if it can be helpful for people to ex explore, you know, what what it is that's even kind of being threatened. You know, um, and it's you know it's kind of like what some people will call the or ego or the small self or or whatever you'd like to call it and that's that's the thing being threatened by way of our beliefs or ideas i mean that's that's the experience that's the thing that's experientially that we're that we're feeling in our nervous system mm -hmm. yeah so you know, we've talked a lot about ego death and in the past and, you know, there's also like our physical selves are threatened, you know, and, you know, you like to say a lot, you are not your body, right? So like even your real physical death while you can, while your nervous system will experience that as threat, um, you know, is not a real threat in terms of like uh, something that we need to fear. So like being able to stand in the face of a perceived threat to your physical body, to be able to stay in that experience and sort of uncouple it from fear um, is a way to practice vulnerability that can be very useful. And we'll kind of talk about how that's, how that's useful in these, you know, may seem like we're getting really philosophical and esoteric but if you've listened to this podcast for this long <laughs> you should be used to that <laughs> um but you've talked about you know the importance of like examining our fear of death and being able to sort of like work in that 
in a way that might be helpful in being able to like practice this form of vulnerability, whether it's, you know, experiencing an ego death and being able to pass through that in a way that's, that's useful in, in, you know, experiencing transformation or like getting to whatever's on the other side of that or, or if it's even like examining our, the fear that we have of physical death and being able to pass through that in some way that helps us to be, maybe live in, you know, have less, um, fear. Yeah. I mean, you, you said it, right? I mean, the whole motivation for doing, doing any, any of what we're talking about is to have some, some relative clarity, right? About what's real or true mm -hmm. or as, or as clear as we can get and to have some peace. I mean, the idea of, um, you know, this, this article that you sent me where, you know, like a Buddhist or a Taoist um, philosophy would be to explore and contemplate death like, you know, on the surface. Why in the hell would anyone want to do that, right? Because it's, it's unpleasant. Well, the reason is, is because if you can untangle that knot, right, by contemplating it and facing it and dealing with it, when that knot is untangled, there's clarity and there's peace. That is the whole motivation. Mm -hmm. And so all, all we're doing in, in this talk is, is using that a, as an example and, and, and directing that towards how we might do that through, um, you know, how we're functioning in and experiencing our society day in and day out. Like, why would we explore how we're maybe engaging in a dialogue with someone and we're feeling threatened or frustrated or angered? Why would we explore that internally without trying to project it externally? Well, because it's, it's, it's a, it's a knot that has an opportunity to kind of be untied. And when that knot can be untied, there's cohesion, there's clarity, and there's peace. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. the whole motivation, right? I mean... Yeah, it's one of these inner <clears throat> conflicts that we can work at resolving, you know, or untying, like you're saying. Um, and if we if we experience the world and we and we live with the fear of death as this sort of underneath the surface nagging you know like anticipation then uh it's going to affect the way we are in the world and then when it's resolved you know if that's even a possibility <laughs> fully um, but if we've examined it and sort of like gotten used to the idea maybe and come to terms with it, then um, it will change the way that we operate, right? Yeah. I mean, we're all, we're all after 
I think to some degree, clarity and peace. Like none of us want to suffer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, you know, I think there are there are some who believe in the way to put an end to that suffering is to try to um, try to get control over the external. That's their that's their way. That's their approach to try to end suffering or whatever grief or frustration they're experiencing, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there are others who maybe take a different path where they understand that you know maybe they've tried their damnedest to to get control over the external and they've seen how it's not been very fruitful for them and so they kind of give up hope and actually turn inwards you know and that's their that's their that's they've chosen to take that path to put an end to suffering you know by way of becoming more clear and to find some peace um that way mm-hmm. yeah so maybe we talk talk about some some practical you know application of how we you know, untie that knot or, you know, try to resolve that inner conflict, which is the fear of death. Um, because, you know, we're, I'm sure now that we've talked about it and convinced everyone they're, uh, ready to do that. But, um, are there ways or practices that would help people like examine their fear of death and death itself? And like, you know, what is, you know, our, our goal is to become more at peace with the fact that death and and the little deaths, the suffering is a part of existence. And so what are the, what are ways that people would do that? Well, I think I think the ways are 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 endless, you know what I mean? I think for me, um You know, so, some people are, are 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 more scared of um, getting sick and dying, right? Some people are more scared of maybe getting into a, a car accident or a plane crash or something. You know, so we have maybe an opportunity to kind of explore our own unique way of how that anxiety or that fear manifest. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, you know, we'll just take, for example, some, some people who may have like health anxiety that, you know, they're scared of getting sick and dying. Well, if someone can, explore that and 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 connect with it and and see how it it manifests in in their life and really go inward and and explore the possibility of of that happening and and feeling through that that to me is a really tangible example of of how, of how you could do that 
Yeah, I mean, it's just examining the reality that one day you will die. Yeah, it's, it's, it is, it is exploring how that anxiety and that fear is is there in a very real way, and how it takes a certain form, and it takes a certain form of maybe you know health anxiety or I'm scared of getting sick. There's an opportunity to accept a reality um, that you don't necessarily have control over um, mm -hmm. or an opportunity to stop denying mm -hmm. a, a, a reality. Right. Yeah, that's good. And that takes that takes time. You don't think your way through that, you know, mm -hmm. in a week. Um, and you don't feel your way through that in a week. That that takes conscious, I think, time and effort. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of the the larger death, you know, sure. that we will all experience, and being able to examine that on a that scale, I think, is is really helpful in framing like your experience of the rest of your life which will also include some little deaths, right? So anything that we might think of as trauma or anything that we experience as like threat, whether that's e a threat to our ego or a threat to our physical body, um, is kind of just on a smaller scale, um, you know, we can experience as, as you know, fear or we can experience as trauma because we are afraid ultimately of death or anything that sort of like threatens our, our existence or our well-being or our, you know, holding our ego together. And so another practice, you know, would be just to practice vulnerability because vulnerability, you know, by definition is the experience of like encountering something that would be threatening and, um, sort of subjecting yourself to it and doing that without fear as much as possible. So, um, you know, when we just expose certain parts of ourselves to others um, or, you know, reveal something that's unflattering about ourselves to someone else, even if it's in a relationship that's a caring relationship, you know, that can be difficult and feels like a little bit of a, a small death right so practicing becoming vulnerable in those sorts of situations is a way that you can also sort of like experientially practice coming up against something that 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 feels like a threat and trying to sort of stay present with it and uncouple that from the experience of terror that you might experience yeah and that there there's your entry point into like a sense of freedom right mm -hmm. or a sense of clarity or 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 peace about something because you've you've unhooked yourself from this perceived sense of threat that you you know and you've gone you've you've gone through it you've been able to unhook yourself from that and you know the more and more you put yourselves in your 
you put yourself in those situations constant you know consciously you know you 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 start the the byproduct i think of that is this sense of like freedom and clarity mm-hmm. and a sense of peace which is like i said that's mm-hmm. what we're all after it's just requires us to enter into paradox really you know what i mean mm-hmm. something that we're taught that is contraindicated but it's actually going into the paradox that helps us find that what's that paradox well the paradox is like you know why why would i reveal an unflattering aspect of myself to someone that i love and admire (laughs) yeah like it it doesn't make make sense sense. why would i do that yeah right and so once again you've got you've got you've got some who say well that that does not make sense at all and i'm actually you know not not i'm going to do anything i can to not do that to to keep my safety right Mm -hmm. and then there are others who find their safety and absolutely going into that paradox and doing those things because that's where they find their freedom mm-hmm. or their clarity or peace. Yeah, so when you practice these things, whether it's sort of just um, contemplating your own death or practicing vulnerability in these ways in, in relationships, um, you know, you sort of like develop this resilience because um, if you can be vulnerable and pass through that experience, then, you know, people can threaten you, they can belittle you, they can even attack you. And, you know, it's not, it's not really threatening on a certain level because you can do vulnerability, you know, you can you have practiced vulnerability and like being okay with your own death, you know, sort of gives way to like, I can kind of handle anything else. Right. Cause everything else is sort of short of that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just, just finding ways to practice that, um, you know, in the face of threat being, becoming vulnerable and and sort of getting good at um, staying consciously aware as you do that sort of just builds in this you know unflappable you know experience right and you know it's some we need we need it you know uh, we need experiences because they show us things right and if we experiment with this path of kind of going into paradoxes and saying you know what I'm going to enter into this vulnerability right now practically speaking like I'm going to reveal an unpleasant part of myself to someone that I love right if if you do that and you can come out on the other side like 
seeing how that did not kill you. It did not destroy your life. Um, it didn't compromise every aspect of your well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, and can even maybe come away with some 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 positives. Mm-hmm. Actually, how you maybe chose to do that and you gained respect from someone. Then you have this experience to draw upon, and then it's your choice to continue to consciously build more of those experiences, right? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it, it kind of helps you develop this unflappability, as, as you say, where it's like, oh, you know, now I can draw on these experiences where I thought this was going to be, um, you know, terribly damning and it wasn't at all yeah now let's think about you know if everyone were able to practice this which I suppose they are able if everyone practiced this you know how our engagement with each other would change right I mean if you think about like the things that people are saying right now as we come up to an election and you know we deal with you know whether you're going to wear a mask or not or um, you know socially distance or like what you think about the Black Lives Matter movement and you know engaging each other about these topics and issues with you know kind of that unflappability that comes with practicing vulnerability I mean I just feel like these discussions become a lot easier yeah yeah I mean because you're less you know I was was reading something the other day where somebody at a store a clerk at a store got shot because he asked someone to wear a mask it's like that's what it's come to, you know what I mean? It's so now there are people that wear a mask and don't. And so the people that don't, like that means this, this, and this about you. And the people that do, it means this, this, and this, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what you're talking about is if people are able to kind of practice what we're talking about and able to kind of practice this vulnerability you start becoming less identified with what certain behaviors mean and 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 doesn't mean and about other people and also about you that starts disintegrating right and then it's just the conversation s- starts to become more focused and deeper you know um, and more collaborative, I think. Yeah, I mean, you're not experiencing everyone around you as threat, or even, and even if you are, you can stand in the face of threat, right? Yeah, and um, do what needs to be done, say what needs to be said. Um, and I want to talk about kind of nonviolent activism just for a minute because I think, um, I think it's important. It's that thing, like being able to 
you know, even put yourself in harm's way, maybe. Um, and if someone attacks you or your ideals or, um, you know, you don't like what they have to say or, or do or what they stand for, um, it is engaging in a nonviolent way, right? Which means um, if I'm willing to uh, put myself in harm's way in order to create change and in, in order to have some sort of discussion, then I can stand up in the face of threat and not become a threat to someone else. Um, you know, which makes you uh, ultimately more powerful than uh, you think if you would just, if you would you know, be someone who's trying to go around dominating other people or um, making sure that you're um, seen as superior or making sure that you're right in a, um, in a discussion about ideals. Um, and there's so much of that going on right now, that kind of like, you know, I need to be in control on top right um justified in my beliefs and and ideals and values um and that definitely means that other people are wrong and less than and inferior um and that's not really working you know like i think we're all like on the defensive like we need to have the right beliefs and values um so that you know, we can be, you know, we can uh, be admired or, or we can um, be esteemed or even we can have our ideals um, be the dominant ideals that are, that are present, which, you know, I mean, we're, we're nowhere close to any sense of like consensus on what should be the dominant values right now in our, in our culture and society. Um, but, but somehow we think, you know, we're going to win out. Um, and so, you know, it's just a different way of approaching everything that's happening right mm -hmm. now. Right. And being able to, um, and it's not that we don't say what we think or put our ideals out there or, you know, um, be able to fight for, uh, fight against injustice or, you know, um, you know, sort of be active in our um, attempts to make change happen. It just means we do it nonviolently. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know. I feel like that's a different way of being, and and to practice vulnerability and kind of understand um, the importance of, um, you know, being able to put ourselves in a vulnerable position, being able to put ourselves in harm's way and do that without fear is, um, it's just a lost, like, art. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of the last time we were talking how I brought up, you know, Gandhi or whatever, who mm -hmm. essentially, like, freed a whole nation, right? Yeah. And he allowed himself to be imprisoned by the you know british government and mm -hmm. 
you know, essentially be be torn torn apart and just um, disrespected in in so many ways, mm-hmm. willingly. Yeah, and yeah, he was like really focused on like this practice of turning the other cheek, or you know, not responding to violence with violence. Um, yeah, so study Gandhi, you know, and or Martin Luther King, same yeah, way, King, you know, and try to understand how change really happens. And, you know, it's through vulnerability, it's through nonviolent activism. Um, you know, you just you just make stuff happen, and you know, there's these systems that we're so used to of you know the political arena being you know you're you're having to be right you're having to win a campaign you're having to basically like make sure that the other side isn't winning right um this is just totally different like understanding of what it means to be an effect change you know try to make change happen and and uh you know I know it's kind of obvious that, you know, when you start talking about Gandhi and Martin Luther King Jr. and like, you know, people know that those are powerful, influential figures that have, you know, made change happen. But I think we kind of lose sight of our ability to do that in our, in our small sphere of influence. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, they just, one of the main tenets of their approaches was just not fighting force with force. Right? Yeah. It's not, they were like, well, I'm not going to be caught up in this game of constantly trying to build a bigger bomb than the other person's bomb because that's endless. I'll just work on defusing the bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have to be willing to put yourself in harm's way. You have to be willing to be okay with uh, your own death, to be okay with putting yourself in a threatening situation. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated, right? So Gandhi was too. We know that they yeah. were willing to do that. And um, so, you know, I think I think we're far from that kind of like place ourselves you know a lot of us we 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 have some work to do if we're willing to like really you know stand up for what we believe but also like be willing to do that non-violently and um you know sort of create change in that way so something to consider anything else the whole motivation here is to is to get more clarity and 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 peace and have less suffering, right? And what we're inviting people to do is to enter in to this paradox which doesn't seem like it makes sense um and that paradox is 
being willing to start with looking at yourself and and staying there and entering into vulnerability and giving that a chance to reveal to you and open up some things so that you can find that clarity and peace and less suffering instead of trying to go the way of avoiding pain and discomfort and trying to control the external because I mean the external really can't be controlled in in a meaningful way like we want it to be so mm-hmm. that's an endless battle well, yeah we, the idea is to put an end to the cause of battles not get caught up in this game of just getting better and better at fighting battles that's not sustainable it's exhaustive the idea is to eliminate the cause of battles so it is kind of the what we're engaged in as a culture is like trying to win right? yeah i mean it just just is so apparent and yeah i mean i think it's good to to focus on trying to change our collective sort of um society by just sort of like being peaceful within ourselves and that's yeah we're 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 too i think we're too and it's easy to do this, right? Because we have a nervous system. That's what the nervous system does. We're too focused on the battle, right? And we have to be more and more interested in understanding the depth of the cause of the of the battle. And yeah. obviously, I think that doesn't take too much investigation to come to the realization that the cause of the battle starts with you. (laughs) Yeah. You know? The violence is kind of within everyone. Right. It starts with you. It all, the battle starts with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. More about this later. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care. Talk to you soon.